0: Hello, I'm the podcaster without fear, Luke.
1: I'm the uncanny Ryan.
0: I am Kylie the poo
1: I am the superior Caitlin. And I am the agitated Kyle. And, and we are most of the Nerd Dome Podcast.
2: Every Friday, some variation of this group gets together and talks about all things nerd. The newest stuff in TV, movies, comics, video games,
3: and more. So
0: join us in the Dome every Friday to hear all things nerd. From a bunch of people who are probably a bit too into it. <laughs> of the
3: children. You must walk feminine, talk
4: feminine, smile and be guile feminine, utilize your femininity. That's what every girl should know if she wants to catch a bow. Oh, won't somebody please
3: think of the children? Okay, first, I'm not a princess. (laughs) I'm
4: the daughter of the chief.
2: Same difference. No. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, the movie podcast where we talk about movie franchises. And here in season number two, we are still talking about Disney princesses and what they mean about feminism and what Disney is doing to program little girls and sell lots of merchandise and this week we are talking about a very interesting movie that um, I I don't know it's either the beginning of Disney trying to have independent princesses and be strong actualized female characters or it's a movie about gaslighting that maybe is actually about its male characters and not the female character there's so much to get into here uh, representing team I hate Tangled Brookheim how you doing?
4: <sighs>
3: I'm so excited to talk about this movie
2: me too I mean you've been wanting
3: Actually, to- I am actually really excited to talk about all of the things they've done I don't know if "excited" is the right word, but I feel like I feel like some shit needs to be said. So
2: You've not. been chomping at the bit to talk about this and how much you hate it for like, like all the way back in like the Snow White, Cinderella yeah. days. You were like, "But tangled, you guys, it's awful," and I'm like, "Why does she hate this movie so much?" And now and we're then gonna- you
3: watch it and you're like, "Because oh, it's garbage." Okay, <laughs> well,
2: at least
3: that's what I did
2: also here uh representing a i don't know how would you characterize your view kit i don't know kit my my sibling you have a Uh, you have a different view
1: i'm gonna say like like a sexuality spectrum i am questioning on this film (laughs) Uh, i i i initially really enjoyed it and I, I was like, abuse is bad. Okay. And I feel like this, this, uh, film makes that point, but I'm really excited to hear why Brooke hates it so ferociously. And mm-hmm. i also share like the victories that I feel like they had, but also, you know, my other opinions. So questioning y'all.
2: Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm going to introduce, um, a new feature, uh, rather than the Kinsey scale, which is a real thing, um, let's use the, the fictionalized version from the movie Kinsey, starring Liam Neeson, the Neeson scale of one to seven, with one being you love it, seven being you hate it, are you, are you what, like a three and a half, is that what questioning is, or
1: yeah i think yeah three and a half somewhere in the middle i'm by i'm by enjoying or no that yeah
2: matter. i'm i'm definitely a three and a half on this too so it goes right. to 11. <laughs> the neeson scale goes to 11. <laughs> for eight. that's for me that's for you oh, wow right. you really hate this movie let's
1: get into this like i hear the rocky theme in my head and just want to hear <laughs>
2: uh and and i don't know we have a a, jb was maybe supposed to join us we'll see if he shows up he'll be
3: he's got to get some kids home from work and then he'll be joining us yeah
2: oh okay okay cool well there we go so um if if he shows up it'll be it'll be like a surprise like when you know you (laughs) when when you get you open the cereal box you know that you're getting brook and kit that's the that's the toy prize right there Sometimes you get double prize and JB shows up, so that's what... Then Disney does a
3: bait and switch and you get a man instead!
2: Well, that too. (laughs) That too. Okay, so... So this is the story putatively of Rapunzel. However, I say putatively because the first voice we hear in the movie is not Mandy Moore as Rapunzel but zachary levi as flynn Ryder, and he's like this is my story i'm dead and i guess some other stuff happened to some broads too i don't know um it's it's like the worst way to start this movie i was like wait what the hell i don't remember this at all
3: yeah and that's where the whole fucking movie goes off the rails like come and putatively, the story of Rapunzel because it's not the actual story of Rapunzel whatsoever fucking ever. He like, doesn't follow it at all. Not at all. And it's like my mean... favorite fairy tale. And it's like completely off completely off track. And he's like, let me tell you the story about this woman. Let me, let me tell you about her for her. I've got you. Don't worry. He doesn't even fucking die at the end of the movie. But it's still a story about how
1: he died?
2: Yeah. Whatever. He was mostly
1: dead. If he was all dead, she would have gone through his pockets and looked for loose change.
2: Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. um, I
3: do, on a really serious note though, I really do take issue with this, the way that they started it. Because it feels like, to me, very much so, (laughs) that this is basically what they're trying to do with everything here's a story about a woman, but you know what's really important? The man. And the, the man. man who's telling it. And his point of view, and his recollection and retelling of everything that happens. So little girls, we're going to call this Tangled, and we're going to put her on the front, but we want you to hear that your story is coming from him, and that that is what matters. And I know that that seems like, like if my mother were listening to me, she'd be like, oh honey, that's not what they're doing, it's just a movie. And I'd be like, yeah but no
2: that is 100% what they're doing our
3: jokes and the way that we portray things like you are telling little girls that their story should come from a man or from their father or from the narrator who's almost always a male voice like it is absolutely ludicrous that he starts off the movie and is like Hello there. Aren't I handsome? Isn't it oh this is horrible because of my nose, but really this is a story about me. Let me tell you about me a little bit because I'm what's really important in
4: her story.
2: Yeah. No. Oh, and off. it's 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 one thing if this is the Emperor's new groove, and the whole point is that Cusco is an ass. Sure. And, you know, that's that's fine. And the and that is his story, it is the emperor's new Groove, but it's, you know, Brooke, this absolutely is intentional. And we know that because this is what Disney starts doing at this specific time. They decide, they literally decide that one of hey, the reasons why the, why the princess and the frog didn't do as well at the box office is because it had the word princess in it and they think little boys won't want to go see a princess movie so we can't call it rapunzel or they won't want to go so we have to call it tangled we have to call it frozen and we have to do all the marketing about the side characters all of the marketing for uh, or most of the marketing for tangled was about Maximus, and Flynn Rider. And like, oh, hey, look at this. Look at these funny side characters. And trying to get boys to want to come see this because they're so afraid of making an actual goddamn princess movie with a princess at the forefront that they pack it full of all this male stuff because they want to get boys in those theater seats. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous.
3: Can we just talk about just... The ridiculousness of the fucking name in general, Tangled. Like, as though she is a problem to be sorted out, as though her hair, like, I know that her hair being long is a thing and that it magically heals things. That's a new part of the story. But, like, we're going to call it Tangled? At what point, at what point in this movie is her hair ever tangled? It's not. She uses it. To like swing them across ta- caverns, she uses it to heal. She, she can flip it around and do whatever she wants. It's not tangled, it's not a mess. She's not a problem, except that she is. Like, that's exactly what we're telling people is that she's a problem and she needs him to save her or her mother to come in and do this or whatever. whatever. Like, she's a problem. So, we're going to call mm-hmm. it tangled because that's endearing and cute. No, it's not. Like, fuck your title. Call it what it should be called. It is not a problem. She is not a problem and she does not need a man to tell her goddamn story for her.
2: Right, that's Ooh. like that's like major sin number one for this movie. And,
3: tangled, tangled, and
1: like
2: you, Disney. Okay, so Brooke, you mentioned Sorry. that like this is your favorite uh, fairy tale though. What do you love about Rapunzel and how does it then differ from this?
3: Well, okay. So, I don't know that it's so much that I love it. I mean, it's a really messed up story in general. <laughs> I'm not right. going to go up to bat for the, like, accolades of this being a fantastic... Because it's a brother's grim, so it's obviously going to be uh, twisted I and mean, dark. I you mean,
1: do, you don't want it to end with her being cast into the desert and burying twins? <laughs> but, and I then mean, crying into his eyes that have been blinded by thorns?
3: Right. But, like... At least it's real and true to life, right? Like, that shit's gonna fucking happen to you in your life. You better be prepared. Like, I don't know. Like, I I feel... This was a story that I heard as a kid from my dad. And it's one of the stories that was just... Like, it has that nostalgia piece to me. It has this, like, this feeling of home. It has, It's like a beacon. It's a grounding point for me. This is a story that I remember. And it's one of the few that holds that for me from being a kid. And so I remember it very much. It wasn't like, it wasn't a king and queen who gave up their daughter. It was a carpenter and his wife and she was pregnant and they didn't have food and she wanted the cucumbers and, or lettuce depending on which, which translation you're reading. But it's just like, and it's a story of hardship and parents having to like, make these i don't it just feels <laughs> unfortunately preparatory for what life is gonna be
4: and yeah
3: and like and for some reason that says that we went on a hike last night and I was looking out over the city like i don't like looking at cities at night and seeing all the lights on the streets and we were walking back down um, with my friends and kids and Like, I was like, I wish we'd come up here during the daytime so I could have seen it all because they'd done the hike before. And they're like, yeah, but look, now you get to see this beautiful cityscape with all the lights below you. And I was like, I fucking hate that. (laughs) They're like, why? It's so beautiful. (laughs) And I was like, because when I look down at a city at night and I see all the lights, you also see all the sirens from people's accidents and arrests being made. And all I think about are the sadness and the people that are lonely dying and homeless and like it just it has never been something that has evoked beauty to me it's always like i look down at a city and i just i can feel the pain of the humans down there and i want to fix it and i think that that might have a lot to do with this story (laughs) Like, like there's just so much human pain and suffering but but like her crying into his eyes was this moment of compassion and empathy and like sadness and it healed him and human connection can heal us. And that's kind of what I've always taken away from the story. And I don't feel like Disney's representation of that. Has, like it doesn't have any of that in the story. And I think it's
2: shameful. So I, I know, I believe this is true for all three of us, that all three of us like Steven Sondheim's into the woods is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um. And I just, I feel like the mother, um, mother Gothel here is like the Walmart Great Value brand version of the witch from uh, oh Into the God. Woods. She's it like
1: has like similar hair as Bernadette Peters.
2: She does.
1: And it's like, why don't you just get at Peters if you want at <laughs> Peters, guys?
2: I know. And I wonder if they wanted to, because that would have made a lot of sense. It would have been a little on the nose, but it's just... It's just not as good. And, like... Here's the thing. The witch has... I don't know, moral clarity. She's she's right. And oh. she, you know, she knows what she wants and she's making hard choices. And those choices are bad in a lot of ways, but she's doing them because she feels that's the only way that the, that she can keep things in order. And so, you know, when she's singing to Rapunzel in into the woods, you're like, wow, she's evil, but I get it. Um,
4: but maybe
3: aren't we all just a little evil? And I can relate to that, right? Like that, you get the, the sense of, oh, evil's not so black and white.
2: Right. Well, because she's she's like, she's like, uh, if you, I don't care, like, give give me the blame, I'm the witch, yeah. Um, she's you're willing so to
1: nice. yeah you're not good you're not bad you're just
2: you're nice. just nice i'm not and... good
1: i'm not nice i'm just right <laughs> exactly
2: i'm the witch and yeah so she she's so good and that character is so well actualized and this is just like dollar general version of that and it's like oh she's low-key emotionally abusive all the time. There's no, like, good side to her. I, I never look at her and be like, oh, I get what she's trying to do. The only reason she has Rapunzel locked up in the tower is because it's her fountain of youth.
3: Yeah, she doesn't want to get old.
2: Yeah. Whereas in the original story, at least... Rapunzel's witch was trying to protect her from the world because the world is messed up. And I mean, if if there is a moral to the story of Rapunzel, it's that you can't lock away something in a tower because the world will always find it and chaos will always happen. Uh, And princes will get their eyes you know, gouged out and uh, and he'll knock her up with twins. So, you know, that's what, that's that's how things that is how the world works.
1: Sex ed is important, y'all.
2: Yeah. We um,
1: have had a very simple conversation with Rapunzel about, about penises and vaginas. Her story right
2: differently. Right.
1: Because You can't consent to sex if You don't understand the consequences of sex.
2: Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that leads to another point that there is this weird element in this story where it's Rapunzel's 18th birthday. She's becoming an adult, but she is very naive. And then in comes Flynn Rider. And his whole deal is he's sexy. And it just, it takes on this weird, uncomfortable, I don't know, at least for me, it's like, like she is still very much a child, even though she's 18. And Disney is trying to remove some of the ooginess by making her 18. But it still feels weird, like he is like a predatory older man hitting on this girl who doesn't know anything. Um, and that's a bit... Eh. That being said, um, Eugene as a character seems to kind of be a nice guy and is not really a sexual predator. Um, and I guess I wouldn't have minded this movie as much or at least that part of it if he'd just been eugene and not and not flynn rider if he'd actually been the nice guy but right
3: well and i think that unfortunately the only person that they really vested time into giving a full character arc and having human dynamic as far as emotions and avoidance and um Illusionment and all these things. He's the only person who gets that. Which is part of the fucking problem with this movie is that here's the guy who's just supposed to be the big scoundrel who ends up coming from an orphanage and having read these books to the children because he was so kind hearted and then trying to like make himself the best version of he could be, but not knowing how to do that and having rejection and pain. And so he just goes into being the bad guy, but he doesn't really want to be. And so he's gonna like, he has this full fucking character arc. And backstory and life, and it makes him redeemable, which, great. We want all of our characters to be redeemable, not just the ones singing about their wishes in a fucking pub song, but like all of them. Hey, that
4: song rules.
3: That song does rule, but again, it's only men who get to be a part of it. It is true. And and they have these arcs that come up and, and show these rounded versions of human emotion and pain and where we go unless we try to do it different blah 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 like you can reach so much into those moments and it's only the men and it's only the scoundrels and it's them telling their stories and and her being this like beautiful angelic like inspo porn for them to finally talk about their real wishes and oh my god isn't it amazing how I can just inspire people to be the best versions of this stuff simply by having long pretty hair and not even knowing what the fuck i'm talking about like the whole thing is so goddamn twisted
2: it's Ooh. so manic pixie dream girl which is like this is like peak manic pixie dream girl time you know uh the yeah. The era between Garden State and Elizabethtown and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't know, I guess it kind of petered out in like the mid 2010s when people really started calling attention to it. But like, this is this is peak Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And Rapunzel is one for Flynn Rider in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's and, and definitely for Brad Garrett and those other guys in the bar. So I'm exhausted
3: by my own anger at this movie. I'm sorry to all of our listeners. I really am trying to <laughs> dial it in. Like I'm sorry, Kit. I'm sorry Andy. I'm You're sorry to apologize. everyone
4: else. Like
3: You're I do not I have for your so many here. problems with this movie because I like anyways, i Can I do yeah. a,
1: a brief not count these arc- just like offshoot of brooks please
3: do say something positive. i'm sick of my own voice
1: so i think i identified with rapunzel a lot because during the manic pixie dream girl phase i felt like there was a lot of pressure to be the manic pixie dream girl like definitely and also growing up in a very religious culture and like guys if you if you don't if you haven't been a mormon there's a lot of There's a lot of taboos. I don't recommend it if you haven't don't get talked about. And I moved to I moved to San Diego after living in Rexburg, Idaho. And previously in Provo, Utah. And I had a lot of hard lessons to learn about the world. And I got hit on by a lot of I'm not gonna say scoundrels. But there were a lot of guys and they did not understand how naive i was and they weren't sexual predators they were just 20 year old dudes just dudes they were just dudes that didn't know what it meant to be mormon they're like oh you're a virgin that's weird like um and so like i get pressure to be a manic pixie dream girl especially if you've been isolated and you don't have a lot of social skills because you don't interact with people because your parents don't want you to go out and get beat up by the world so they panic disorder you into isolation um and i think that the one arc that rapunzel does get is her growth towards her assertiveness and like, I think starting out in the film, she has a lot of things she wants to do and she wants to stand up to her mother cause she feels like she's becoming an adult. But there is that like developmental level when you're like about 17 to 21, where you push your parents away because it's developmentally appropriate. And sometimes you do it in a totally asshole way. And sometimes you try to be nice but you have to set boundaries to set up who you are as a person. Um, and I think that this is one of the first movies that I think kind of addressed that, that, you know, you have the careful of things you say, wishes are children, but like they, you know, I think you you also do have her kind of having to grow up really quickly. Yeah. And and will really not grow up. Let's face it; she's still really naive by the end of the film. But um, I think that you know they did have that. There were some. There was some strength in being compassionate, and there was some strength in being um, open and wanting other people to feel good about themselves when you were there. But unfortunately that was very much the manic pixie dream girl pressure of the time i feel
2: yeah and it's a lot I of feel, emotional I
3: feel like that's a a very very fair point that i completely brushed over and and it is true like i <laughs> i told my mom i i consider it between the ages of 17 to 23 but like i know between 17 to 23 i won't be friends with my kids but by 23 like I fully expect us to have, like, mended some stuff again. Like, <laughs> I just foresee that happening. Um, and I I do think you're absolutely correct in that this is the first time it's really been shown. And it's healthy for that to be shown.
1: And I mean, it, I 100% agree it could be better. Like, when we get to studio notes, I'm just going to say I agree with Brooke. Like, this should have been told more <laughs> from... Uh, Rapunzel's perspective, and instead of it being "this is the story of how I died," it could have been "this is the story of how I lived," right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, small fail, but small small victory as well yeah. for for being girls.
3: And we have to celebrate those victories where we can. Like we really
1: have to, especially with Disney.
2: Yeah. And and there is a lot of upside to Rapunzel, like showing her independence and like you know when she actually gets free and she's like this is the best day ever you're like you go girl this rules and and-
1: the, the, that i'm a horrible person i'm like oh, yeah geez. i felt that i felt yeah. that and it's like you're doing something that is completely appropriate for your age but because your parents told you not to you feel because, like a terrible person.
2: Yeah, because your parents are emotionally yeah. abusive and okay. gaslight you all the time. Then yes, that is, you know.
3: And if yeah. we're being honest, she is most likely going to find a man who tries to spend his entire time gaslighting her too, because that's all she knows. So, like, of course she's drawn to fun.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> which is, again is like, uh, like I, I don't, I don't understand. Well, I was gonna say I don't understand. Why parents don't understand this, that if they try to, if they, like, try to protect their children through, like, gaslighting and abuse, then what you're actually doing is creating modalities in their life where they think that that's what loving relationships are. And they will only find relationships with people who are gaslighting and abusive, which is the opposite of, apparently, what you want, but... So I, I was about to say that, and then I'm like, no, no, no. Because those parents aren't really conscious of those choices either. They're just living out, you know, their own trauma and reliving it. And they don't. So, well, you know.
3: I think that Disney, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Do they do it on purpose or do they just get fucking lucky or just coincidentally hit the nail right on the goddamn head? And that they showed that perfectly. I don't think they did it to make a social point. I think they were writing what they know because they're all a bunch of asshats, but they did actually hit the nail right on the head of, hey, this is what's going to happen and where you're going to go. And fortunately, you know, he does get a full character arc, and so he ends up being a good guy that will give up the crown and just be with her and blah, 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 until you get to that goddamn horrible song. Um, So it works out for her in the end, but most. Girls aren't going to have that experience,
2: right? Yeah, most most Rapunzels will not find Eugene. They will find the Stabbington brothers. Well, worse than Flynn Rider, the Stabbington brothers. The
1: Stabbington brothers are hot, though. I was like watching it, going, "I wonder if there's porn in this." <laughs> oh,
2: jeez. Because I, feel uh, like I mean, these
1: guys are legit porn stars. For that. Give me one minute. I will
2: find it. Rule 34, right? Like, it, I'm sure that there is Stabbington Brothers porn. Like, that is that is guaranteed that that exists out there. Ugh. Bye. Kiss Your Franchise Bye. Goodbye, the podcast that definitely answers questions about. There sure is. Yeah. Um, but it's fake
3: porn. So really.
4: Sex
1: work is work.
2: That's fine. Yeah. is <laughs> work. No.
4: I have, clear, okay. I have a
2: dream i have a dream uh yeah uh who who el- okay i want to talk for a second about maximus um normally melissa is here to um to claim characters uh as as female but i am going to throw this out here i think i think maximus is a girl horse because if it was a boy horse i think you'd see it and i think maximus is like the brienne of tarth of of their kingdom the the captain phasma of their kingdom so unfortunately that doesn't help make this movie more female-centric because maximus doesn't have any lines but uh if you were to give dialogue to maximus and pretend like it was uh anyway i'm just gonna say maximus is a girl horse to like try to try to make this a little a little less dude centric
3: Um, i was on the fence until you said maximus doesn't have any lines and then i realized you're probably right it is a
1: girl i i also think it's interesting that maximus's hair is the object that displays his character and that's like i remember watching Big with the director's commentary on, and they talk about her hairstyles and how her hairstyles got progressively less restrictive to show how she was opening up inside. And I was like, oh, Maximus is opening up inside. Like the girl from Big. Um, So yeah, play into your your argument.
2: Well, I like that. I like that. Girl, let your hair down. Maximus and Maximus also rules. I think Maximus rules way more if she's a girl horse, but
3: like, yeah, the dude would have given up that fight and just forgot about it.
2: Yeah. But like honorable and like keeps, keeps her word, um, you know, is, is willing to be like, yeah. Okay. I hate you Flynn rider, but this girl's okay. I can see that we're here to help her. Yeah. I'm going to do it because I'm, I'm here to help a sister out. Like, yeah, I don't think a dude would do that.
1: But it also so. makes the, the Tangled Ever After more fun because there is a romance arc for Maximus with another horse that is, like, very gendered female. So it could be, like, an early gay relationship for Disney. Wow.
2: And, then I really like that yeah gay horses
1: is is non-binary like they just don't want people putting their gender roles on (laughs) on them maybe
3: or apparently even species roles because the fact that they would have a female horse acting like a dog actually kind of fits with their whole mo
2: (laughs) this is maximus head of the head of the guards uh, Maximus uses they/them pronouns, and <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, and, and
1: has and has dog senses like like Trusty in yeah. in
2: Diddy and the Train. It <laughs>
1: will sit on command.
2: Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I don't know what what else did we like or or hate in this.
3: So, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna skip to one other thing, and then I will let you guys talk about all the things that you like about this movie, because I feel like we have covered all of the important things for me. Um, well, okay, that's not even true. Fuck. Um. I mean, never mind. You guys go forward. All right. abuse, <laughs> abuse is so central to this. There's so much. Like,
2: okay. 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 And like.
3: The abuse parts, but I feel like we can't skip over the physical abuse that she is imparting on him and the fact that they're displaying this as, like, totally rational. And then that she stops abusing him simply to be enamored by how sexy he is to then just go right back to to hitting and abusing him. Like
1: I don't don't know, because she broke his smolder. I don't think she was that enamored at first. Well, just when he's
3: just when he's passed out, which is really creepy, right? It's it's oh, just I mean, the there's creepy. A difference between
1: thinking a guy's butt is hot and being enamored with him. Well, that's
3: true. Her,
2: that's I America's have, ass. She's never
1: had but, those feelings before.
3: Yeah, I just really the, the part where she gets like all like her her whole body everything changes when he's passed out on her floor like that just it's so weird to me. I, I don't know how to really why, but it's just weird. And then she goes back to feeding him. The, the mom's emotional abuse to her is so repulsive.
2: Agreed.
3: It's, it's, it's agree. really difficult to watch because it's so spot on. Ugh.
2: Yeah, I, I admit the first time I watched this movie, I... I recognized it, but I glossed over it because I'm like, oh, she's the villain. Um, and I think I was in like a better emotional state at that time. Um, but like, I was really open to the frequency of like, uh, just, I don't know, dealing, dealing with gaslighting and, um, and other emotional abuse in my own life and and remembering like childhood trauma around it and like it yeah was very real to me this time around and was so much harder to watch and i just like oh i hate this i hate this i hate this i hate this like in a way that like i don't get with any other disney movie where I have like a physical revulsion to yeah. like seeing what's what's happening on screen, where it just it's so creepy.
1: It's it was really hard to watch you.
2: What was that, kit?
1: It was too real. The evil was too real for you
2: it it just yeah. it it hit me on a level that I was vibing with, yeah that like I was able to pick up on it and I was it just I don't want to say it was triggering because I wasn't triggered but I was vibing with it in a way that like activated some things in me that felt really bad.
3: I think the thing that was really hard for me on it was that they made that part so so like it really resonates like you're saying it it resonates at a really deep level but then as you go through the story like you get that this that she's evil and you get that she's bad and you get that their relationship falls apart and that she you know it's like rapunzel leaves her because she realizes that the mom is bad like but they never really address in a like super healthy way what's what you've seen from her right like you yeah. just see that she foils her plans and that she keeps she takes Flynn away it's like the reason that she's evil is because she takes Flynn away from her we don't get to see that she's evil because she's fucking evil
4: mm-hmm.
3: and destroying this girl for her for her and you do see that she loses the the fountain of youth when she cuts the hair and stuff but it's like can we just address the like, the emotional fucking sabotage and warfare that she's done to this human being and that like that is some real stockholm some real fucking like
4: horrible
3: shit that has happened here and i wish for how real they made that which i feel like even though it's a disney movie and it kind of like feels less fanciful and more real like i kind of like is not entirely inappropriate for where we are in the world, but I wish they'd found a way to address that, to to call that part out as why it was evil, not that she took Flynn
1: away. So I I would argue that Flynn, a lot of times in this movie, is an object rather than a person. And he, he represents Rapunzel's freedom. He's the first person that she's met besides her mother. And like, I think for me, the fascination is less like, oh, you've got a cute button, fancy hair, then like, why don't you look like me, my mother and I? Wear, wear your boobs um, and like, why are you different? And why is this person so different? Is this the person, like, is this the world? And um, I don't think the evilness was that she took Flynn away I mean that was bad killing killing someone just to emotionally blackmail your kid is bad but it's that she was taking Rapunzel's freedom away because Rapunzel didn't leave because her mom was bad Rapunzel left because Rapunzel wanted to experience the world and she wanted to go out and see new things and learn more about something that had fascinated her since she was young And her mom had said, oh, no, that's not, that's not anything interesting. You don't want to learn about that. Um, And, you know, stars? Oh, yeah, that's, that's nothing. Um, And so I think the, the fact that she was chained up and gagged and being dragged out of a tower was like very, very bad and very clear, like addressed, like, We're, you know, this is, this is how evil this person is. That she's not just, like, holding Rapunzel or arguing with Rapunzel. She is physically restraining and gagging Rapunzel so that she cannot be free to speak or act.
3: I 100% agree. But don't you feel like they should have, like, made that a bigger point?
2: And... And not only that, I also... I feel like it's the more subtle stuff at the beginning that is actually damaging because it's more normalized and it isn't addressed. Like, of course, of course it's bad to murder someone. Everybody is going to get that. But the lying and the gaslighting and the, like, the very, very like every single thing she says to Rapunzel is either a lie or, or an insult to try or to control I mean, her and then, yeah. and then she's like oh I'm just joking and it's like no you are being emotionally abusive to this poor child yeah. like you are the only thing that she has she has you and she has her chameleon
1: that that's it. Even know about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And,
3: and, yeah. See, I really like, I really love, actually, everything that you said, and, and you as well, Andy. I just, my biggest problem with it is I'm glad that she chose her freedom. I'm glad that she was, and I think I do think that's very apparent, right? Flynn's mm-hmm. sort of like a, until the song, until the stupid fucking song. Flynn um, <laughs> is just sort of this like, it's like she keeps calling him her guide. Like, right? Give me my guide back. And I, I think that's brilliant. I'm glad that's how she's seeing him in the beginning. Um, I just wish that they had made a point to have her see the abuse, the manipulation, the lying, the controlling, and be like, holy fuck, I need to get away from this too. Like, I right. am choosing my freedom, but also this is unacceptable behavior and I will not live with this and I'm not going to accept it from Flynn and I'm not going to accept it from a fucking chameleon or a horse or my wicked mother or my new parents who's like going into the kingdom. Like I just, I just wish they had, they had taken the opportunity to really highlight that she was choosing freedom and also rejecting that behavior and acknowledging that that is not love. That's all.
1: Yeah. I think 18-year-old me would not consciously like. I wish they had. I wish they had had a way to like gracefully come out and say like, this was abuse. Like how you know. But I feel like there was, you know, 18-year-old me would not have come out and said like, my parents are damaging me. Like. I, I think I agree with you, but I, I don't know how I would do it. Um, I think one of the nice counterpoints that I'm seeing as I binge Tangled Ever After is how they highlight the relationship with her mother as more empowering and like having a positive role model in her mom. Her relationship with her dad is still fraught and she has to be assertive with him sometimes and he does not always listen to her which i find very frustrating um but like i think that that is the first time you get a counterpoint to this abuse that rapunzel has lived through and the yeah. like emotional manipulation that she has to unlearn
3: and maybe yeah. I'm projecting too much like maybe <laughs>
1: clearly well,
3: I, I I obviously is- But like when I so I left my house at 17 for just for that reason, like I will not live in this any longer. I am rejecting this as love. I am reject. like and so maybe I'm, I'm wishing they had. And I guess, which I'll bring up in studio notes, if they weren't going to make a point of her rejecting that, And why did they, because they've never shown the evil mom with this much gaslighting and abuse and stuff. And so, I don't know, I just feel like if you're going to make it that fucking real, I think you have a responsibility to let the children know (laughs) that she's rejecting that. Or not show it in such a disturbingly accurate portrayal if you're not going to show her rejecting it. I don't know.
2: it was really eye opening for me i can't remember when this was but sometime in my early to mid 20s i had a conversation with a therapist and i explained a lot of the dynamics of my my adolescence and it was it was so empowering to me to finally have someone in my life who said Wow. You you understand that that was abuse, right? And I'm like, what? No, it wasn't. And they're like, no, that that was abusive behavior. And here's how you know. And they like ticked it off, and it was like, oh, holy cow. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I I talk. A lot about like the need for scripts to like put a button on something but i i wish that there had been a conversation that was even a modicum like that where flynn is like wow your mom is like does not treat you right mothers don't treat people that way you you understand that right and she's like no, no, she's a good person. He's like, no, she's not. Believe me. And like, or if not, if not Flynn, then someone. Um, I mean, I almost wish Flynn had like a sister or someone else or make the Flynn Rider character a woman. And this is about like women looking out for each other, not a dude like looking to date a hot girl that he found in a tower. Um so I don't know. But I just I wish someone in this movie told Rapunzel, hey, that's not okay. And I'm here for you for you to process that. And and I just because that's never addressed, I feel like it's very damaging because it's like oh, yeah, she's the villain, yada, 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 but none of that is coded as really villainous. It's coded as being, like, cloying. And and so I feel like there's a certain amount of, like, apologism for it. And, it may, again, maybe that's me bringing a lot of my own baggage into this movie, but, yeah.
3: So you just totally helped me realize part of why I fucking hate this movie so much. So thank you for helping me go back through and process my own past as you were speaking. <laughs> um But I think part of what bothers me about it is I think it's supposedly like kind of understood that she recognizes that the relationship with the mom is unhealthy, but it's never really addressed. And it, it always kind of, comes down to this like visual like portrayal of it being about Flynn and maybe some freedom underneath and stuff and as you were speaking just now I realized that my mother because because I said the thing that I said about leaving my own house and stopping this stuff and I was like oh I wonder what my mom would think if she listened to this and then I realized that my mom always always still believes in her heart of hearts that I moved out of her house because I was in love with my new boyfriend, TK and I wanted to be with him and he wasn't in the church. That's why I moved out because I lost my way. And I, and she cries when she tells the story of how, how I just lost my way. And I, I was deceived by this boy. And and it's like, that's not at all why I left. It's not at all why I left my house. I left my house because it was unhealthy. I left my house because I needed my own self and I needed my own space and I needed to be able to reset because the abuse that I had gone through, not from my mother, but from these other things, like everything had built up so much that I made a conscious decision. That I wasn't gonna live in it anymore. And no one in my family will ever acknowledge that. No one in my family will ever see it for what it really was. And it drives me crazy that they think it was about a boy. It makes me insane. And I think that as I watch this movie, that that brings that up for me a lot because you're absolutely right, Kit. She was choosing freedom. She was choosing, like... Melissa said in her notes when (laughs) when we were watching the movie, she said, why is it that Disney thinks that making a girl like books makes them interesting or have a personality? Like, they, they go so... Very like subtly into any characteristics that she might have, and that's supposed to be enough. Because, but but it's not. Like she was choosing experience, and she was choosing herself, and she was choosing boundaries, and she was choosing freedom, and and all of these different things. And it all gets wrapped up in this love song at the end about finally having her life because he's there. And it's like, fuck, fuck off. That's not what this is about, nor should it be. So thanks for helping me realize that.
2: Yeah. And uh, if I can just reaffirm, uh, like, I mean, I didn't know you at exactly that time when you moved out, but I knew you very close to right before then. Um, I, I can affirm very, very much what you are saying that, yeah, um, (laughs) Yeah, that that chaos was roiling and boiling, and you needed to GTFO pretty quick. So yeah. I I get you, and I I you know I witnessed that firsthand. So well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this movie is a lot about abuse. <laughs> uh, laugh, laugh, hilarious. I mean. Um, <laughs>
1: trigger warnings in front of a lot of things on disney plus now i think they should add just add a trigger warning like yes there there is abuse and unresolved trauma in this movie yeah get ready for the rest of your life yeah (laughs) Yeah. that would make it acceptable to me (laughs) (laughs) a lot of times it can be that that difference of like knowing what you're getting into what you're showing your kids and like what you're t- teaching them is normal because like the problem is with Disney movies is that kids are watching them at these formative ages when like your brain is literally programmed to watch something 500 times. So you process it differently every time, but you also memorize it and like it becomes part of you. Um, like I, I want to say, I, I you know, poor Andy and Matt, like I think I watched Cinderella until the tape wore out. And I didn't realize but that's how a good I was, movie.
2: I like that movie. I it's hate okay.
1: that movie. I didn't realize oh. how much it disempowered me until I was almost 20 something years old and taking a gender studies class for the first time and being like, oh, wait, that's messed up? Yeah, yeah. that's messed up. Um, oh, okay, which movie was it? I missed the name Cinderella? of it. And so like as Disney moves forward, they are one of the creators of like our, you know, of our culture. And so it's basically saying like, hey, we either need to hold ourselves accountable as consumers of Disney products or hold Disney accountable to be, you know, be a responsible creator of something that will be very formative for our children. And so, you know, I think there is a burden on them to kind of say like, hey, this abuse is not okay because like, the more I think about it, the more like I'm thinking when Rapunzel is having her speech where she's like, I will never stop fighting you. Like just having her say, this is not what love looks like in that speech would have changed the character's like, I think given her a more complete arc, given the story that button that it it needed to to say like, hey, this, you know, it's not that you're not my mother; it's that you are abusive and hurt me all the time.
2: Right, and, and I you guess say that
1: that's yeah. love. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I guess like looking back at cinderella and comparing it to this movie though like lady tremaine is coded during all of the moments of her abusive behavior at, as being very evil and very wicked that's true and
1: She's even lit like like maleficent like.
2: exactly and the like the scene where um where she summons Cinderella in her bedroom and she's like covered in shadows and she's like giving oh. her all of the chores and you get, it's like, it's not just that she's giving her chores, which is something that a parent can and should do to their children. This is right. this is abuse and it's, but it's coded as abuse in the lighting, in the music, and uh, and and everything else, and and I feel like this movie isn't as deft in in how they treated their villain with with the the very casual way that she's emotionally abusive towards um, towards so- Rapunzel.
1: I thought it was interesting that she wasn't cast in shadow. She was definitely center lit and like, or whatever the term is for being like the only thing that is lit in that scene of mother knows best as she goes around, extinguishing every single source of light for Rapunzel. And I felt like that was very deeply coded as like, this is a person who's trying to extinguish every source of light that isn't themselves.
2: That's the gaslight. I mean, that's gaslighting the song. Yes, yeah. I think the song does it actually very well, better than the dialogue does. So I that agree with perfect. you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's and that's a good that's a good point there about the extinguishing light. Um, that's uh, yikes. Um, she's really evil. I think she is more evil than. Like almost any other villain of like the Disney 21st century. Um,
4: yeah.
3: I would put her next to the priest of Hunchback, but still more than him.
2: Yeah. Cause like at least he, he's like, he wants, he wants power. Uh, and like he's kind of, and he's genocidal. Um, but like, all she wants to do is literally extract things from Rapunzel. Rapunzel is just an object to her. It's it's her means to continue living on, and uh, and that's and that's it. Yeah, Keep her away from everybody else.
3: I mean, for me, using and abusing people um, with that underlining like corruption of sexuality i feel it destroys people at their very core and center and so i guess that's why i would put the priest close to her mm-hmm. because he gives no fucks about what it's doing to their internal personal connection and dialogue um, yeah. as he destroys them um but still i agree with what you said about it just being like the fact that it's simply for her own youth and no other, it's so grotesque.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm specifically thinking about like the 21st century and this like post like far post Disney Renaissance era where where Disney is Disney is trying to revamp princesses. They're trying to have their cake and eat it, too and make princess movies that also satisfy the, you know, their male audiences and allow them to make a bunch of money off of merchandising. Um, and, and I don't think in that era in, in, or I should say this era, because we're still in it. Um, I I don't think there is someone quite as evil, but yeah, comparing her to Frollo is like, yeah. Cause yeah frollo uh, and interesting that both you know frollo and she both sing songs about you know negging their uh the protagonist and telling them to stay away from the rest of the world and that the world is cruel and that they know best so um yeah okay um can, can we say nice things about this movie? I don't know. I feel like there are actually some good sides to this so, movie. So, so we'll
1: I about. I think this might be one of the first ones I've watched since Lilo and Stitch that passes the Bechdel test.
2: Yeah. But barely I'm, though.
1: But I'm I'm wondering if it passes the Bechdel test if everything that the other person is saying is microaggression or uh, aggression. Like it's. Mm.
2: So it's,
1: problematic the, Bechdel test passing.
2: The Bechdel test—that's why the Bechdel test is like the lowest of bars that somehow mm. nothing ever manages to actually meet. Because yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. Oh well, this is a feminist movie. No. Um, but yeah, technically passes the Bechdel test, but not. Um, yeah too bad um i but that is a that is a valid point kit because most of the movies don't and it's again it's so weird in a movie where the majority of dialogue is spoken by men and the main character is probably not the princess it it does manage to pass the bechdel test um
3: just I'm good on it i mean it's I wish that we could celebrate these wins with Disney and have them also learn from the, the parts that they didn't do well. Right. Yeah. Instead of it, just like selling more merchandise and being a popular movie. Like I wish they could listen to a podcast like this and learn something, but still it's a win that should be celebrated. Even if it is a low bar, even if it is microaggression, it should still be seen as advancement.
2: Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, I mean, I think Disney is learning because just looking at the last several films that they've put out, um, they feel like leaps and bounds ahead. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that they are learning the primary lesson, which is when you put women in charge of writing and directing and allow them to tell their stories, you get very different stories. Um, you get Encanto, you get Turning Red, you get Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, you get you get frozen, and um and you get Brave. So, you know, there there is some progression there, and I feel like that's the that's the ultimate lesson here. And um you know, I, I the good news is I don't think they have to listen to our podcast. It's like is as long as they keep letting more women make great animated movies, then we just popular.
3: trying to increase our listenership.
2: <laughs> oh, that's the, we, we know that they, i we know Bob Chapek listens to this. I get, I get emails <laughs> about, I get emails from him all the time. He's like, hey, yeah. so what do you think about that genie fast pass system? I'm like, it sucks, ChayPek. You should get fired.
1: Let's <laughs> go back to magic bands. Everybody wants a magic band.
2: Everybody love the magic bands. Go back to the magic bands, you moron. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Uh, and there has hey, how- been
3: a lot of advancements. So that's I'm being blinded by my anger. So I
2: yeah. don't think
1: no. it, I don't think it's un I don't sorry, I can't think the word right now, but basically I think it's completely reasonable to be angry about a film that doesn't hold up. At the time it came out, I felt like, you know, Tangled saw me. And I was like, "Yes, you see me, you see what being, you know, being a naive, like how, you know, how being a naive kid out in the world for the first time is hard and how you try to please everybody and make it about them so that you don't have to worry about if you're shining too much Um, and like that is also I think a defense mechanism for you know for people who have grown up in households with abuse Um, but I think that for its time I felt really seen but I think the being angry that it that your kid might watch it and that they're going to ingest this manic pixie dream girl nonsense that we were kind of like encouraged to be like for so long recognizing that that's unhealthy i think that's incredibly healthy so yeah um, yeah
2: i agree and and that that's what i do come back to is i remember when i saw this i'm like well this is a real step forward for disney because rapunzel is awesome like if you get rid of all the other problematic stuff around this, Rapunzel as her own person, I, I think she's really great. I would like to be friends with Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has nothing to do with the fact that I have had a 20 year crush on Mandy Moore, but that, that's, that's part of it, but that's not all of it. But I think Rapunzel is awesome she's into art she she cares about the outside world even though she's never like been a part of it she's curious she's like very naturally compassionate um and i i just like that's really great and i want to get to know that person and like i don't know help her like get out of this artificial shell that she's been in and, um, like, I don't know, like, let's, let's have you do some therapy and then I'm sure you'll be, you'll, you'll do great. Um, and, may, she's and gonna maybe, she's going to
1: be just fine. She's going to yeah. be just fine. She'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, Rapunzel is the type of person that grows up to be a therapist. Like they take their, they take their trauma and like their drive for excellence and they, you know, they turn it into helping other people, and yeah. I think that is something I've seen a lot in like other people who work in mental health is like everybody has this story of like something that they survived or something that profoundly altered the course of their lives, and um, you know, and it they turned that into a drive to help other people and make their lives better and i think you know that that is one of the first times that um you know i saw something so our our sister patricia is the one who who mentioned this to me and i'm going to credit her as such but basically that a lot of feminist stuff celebrates when women act more like men and so when women yeah. are more dominating and more strong-willed and like more savvy. Whereas it doesn't celebrate when people are vulnerable or when they are caring and compassionate and nurture other people. And how badass is it that Rapunzel actually does these things as she steps out into the world. And like she she takes her strengths and uses them, you know, and it's like, that's my, both my criticism and one of the things I love is that she uses them to help other people.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of a bad standard to set to be a manic pixie dream girl who walks into a room and solves everybody's problems and makes the men all sing about their dreams. But also like, she can walk into a room where everybody hates each other and then suddenly they all end up cooperating and singing a song and they help her on her way through her adventure
1: and And they feel more empowered for for that interaction
2: right right so it's it's the double-edged sword and but but that is ultimately what i like about rapunzel and why i think like of the princesses, like do I want do I want someone who is more like Cinderella or do I want someone who's more like Rapunzel? And I think when all is said and done, I probably want Rapunzel over yeah. her or over Cinderella or Aurora or or some of the others. And I you know no why. She makes, well, we, we, I wasn't going to bring up Snow White because you, I know how you love Snow White, and but she makes, she makes bold active choices and she's independent and that's, that's good. And it was at the time for 2010, a big step forward from, you know, where princess and princess culture generally was so.
4: And I love the
3: point that you just brought up, Kit, in that, um, and it's a conversation that I've been having a lot lately. There's actually, I don't know if you guys listen to, um, SmartList, the Bradley Cooper and, uh, it's a podcast that's really great, uh, but they were, they were having a very vulnerable conversation and I've had this conversation about, around vulnerability a lot over the last couple of weeks of how, um it takes strength to be vulnerable. And it also takes like understanding your own self. And it doesn't mean that you're masculine or, or feminine or a bad feminist or, or bad male. Like there's all these Mm -hmm. different things that go into it. And, um, it's honoring who you are individually, like what is your own personal balance who is it that you are going to be you don't have to be a man to be a good feminist you don't have to be masculine to be a good feminist you can be whatever you are i think andy was there were you in the room when i was on the uh Bitch planet panel
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah so there was someone in the audience who got kind of upset with all of us panelists saying that we weren't being feminist enough or we weren't being activist enough and i and and they asked the question what does being a good feminist mean to you And I responded by saying to me, right now in my life, being a good feminist means, like, I wish more than anything that I could be a stay-at-home mom and that I could do nothing but, like, be at home and be a mom and take care of my kid because that's where my heart wants to be. But also, I've spent 20 years in the workforce working really fucking hard, and I've turned my life into, um, like... A, hopefully, a beacon for people to be able to heal and be strong women and to have equality in these different things. And I and I said to them, if you want to be a florist, and that's what you feel called to, then be a florist because that's the best feminist that you can be. If you want to be a politician or a CEO or whatever, whatever. And and the girl when I when I answered, she was not very happy with me. But it's because there's this idea that we have to, and for a long time, I feel like we did. We had to fight that. We had to show that we could be as masculine or as strong and um and it kind of got lost for a while because there was such a need to stand out and fight the fight and now it's like kind of pulling that back in a bit and saying but in reality equality means being able to do whatever the fuck it is that you want to do and who you want to be that's equality and not being told you have to be this way or that way or or any certain way and and for me personally i'm a really soft person I'm a really like naturally by nature like I am sassy and salty obviously and have a lot of of fire underneath me but when I'm in my my biggest element I'm a really gentle person and a kind person and I stepped out of that for a long time to try to prove myself and prove that I was worthy and capable and now especially this year, my whole focus for this year is stepping back into the strength of my softness and feminine and not losing my feminist edge, but, like, being my truest, fullest self.
2: Yeah. I appreciate you
4: bringing that up, Kip
2: Yeah, me too, I think
1: think also, like, just that, like, because the whole idea, I think, behind toxic masculinity is that men aren't allowed to have that vulnerable side. Right. They're yep. not allowed to be what they want to be. They have to be that way. So we have to be that way. And I also feel like in the non-binary community, there is a male skew where it's like, mm-hmm. we I'm gonna say we all have the same haircut, but I would say at least that like going to a panel and talking about sexuality, I cut my hair. I feel like I had the authority to be there as a non-binary person. And mm-hmm. like, I and I'm, I realized I was like that's kind of bullshit because non-binary okay. means I'm eschewing masculine and feminine, and like I should be able to wear my hair like a Viking if I want to. Um, so I, I I think like I really like what Brooke had to say in that you know being able to own who you are is and and like your core values. No matter what the genitalia you were born with is a very
2: right.
1: an empowering
2: thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Car- Carol Danvers is still Captain Marvel, whether she has like shoulder length hair or a pixie cut or a mohawk, she's badass no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and you know it is unfortunate about toxic and I know it's not part of this particular podcast, but toxic masculinity is like. It's. It feels like such a catch twenty two right now, because we have strived so hard to to prove our fierceness that we have created a culture that's really unaccepting of vulnerability within men, which causes them to push back further and us to push back further. And and until we can see and accept and love men for showing those parts, or non-binary or women like all of us as humans just get to have human emotion and vulnerability and and you know an acceptance of human frailty not to go back to my favorite movie but like that's why that movie resonates with me so much is that it's just accepting that we are all fucking human and we're all going to be learning and fucking it up and getting better and we should all be allowed to go through that process and have all emotions men should be able to to show vulnerability and tears and cry and have it not be manipulative and have it not be anything but just them being them, and and I hope we can resolve this by all being more ourselves.
2: Yeah, Philadelphia Story would have been better if Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart had cried, but um, but no notes for uh, Catherine Hepburn, who is a badass. So. <laughs> um yeah um okay i i'm i feel like that that praises this movie pretty well i i also think that the animation is really beautiful it's really colorful this was like a major technical step forward where they're able to get a lot of the like um the nuance and lighting of traditional cell animation. But do it digitally, and therefore on the cheap. Uh, so this was like a big step forward for Disney. Um, did not get an- uh, Did not get nominated for Best Animated Feature this year, though. Uh, Toy Story Three and How to Train Your Dragon uh, were both um, were both nominated. Which, to be fair, both better movies. <laughs> like far better movies. But this was like a major step forward for Disney in terms of being able to do stuff that looks like, you know, what we think a princess movie looking like, but being able to do it with 3D uh, computer animation, so. It
3: sure was pretty. That's a yeah. really pretty movie.
2: Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff they were able to do with Pascal and like the color palette changing and mm-hmm. things like that is like, technically very masterful um i'll give it a shout out there
1: i also yeah that that whole like the sense of light in this movie was was to me extremely beautiful the Mm -hmm. scene with all the lanterns is like oh it's so beautiful i would also note that it is against the law to release floating lanterns in most states if you have a no burn policy because I wanted uh, yes. to do that for my wedding. I thought it would be so much fun to decorate lanterns and we can all go out and release them. But you don't want to set your state on fire. So don't do Did
3: that. you learn that before or after you lit them?
1: Oh, I learned that we... before. Because I, yeah, I, see, I...
3: I didn't learn that before my daughter's birthday party. <laughs> Oops.
2: Yeah, we did not light lanterns at, at your wedding, unfortunately. That would have been yeah. fun. But that, it that area fun. is a tinderbox. So. Yeah
4: yeah
2: uh yeah good thing we didn't um but yes good call I uh, th- this is like a mini studio note. I wish that um, that had been more teased out as like a thematic element because it felt like there was some there was something there with the the lights and the song about the I see the light. And the where um, where in Mother Knows Best, she's extinguishing the lights. And like, I I wish it had been teased a tiny bit more. I don't exactly know where to do that, but I feel like there was an opportunity to do that. And that's the difference between a like that's the difference between the three and a half on the Nissan scale and like a five or a six uh, or no. Sorry, the one is the really good, right? Uh, No, you said, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: so then like a two. Yeah, the three and a half and a two. Um, Can we
3: talk about the song?
2: We can talk about all the songs. What, What song do you specifically want to talk about?
3: Maybe I should make it more as a studio note, but because we're talking about the Lanterns, Um, when they they sing the song, God, I don't remember the title of it. Um, now that I have you, is that what it's called?
2: Is it? I see the light. It's the it's the one from the end where they're where they're lighting the lanterns in the in the kingdom. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's I see the light. I see
3: the light. I see the light. Right.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So this song starts off so beautifully. And I feel like had they just made each of them singing about realizing that they had seen themselves, right? Mm. Um instead of seeing each other as their like savior or whatever, but like Rapunzel was having this moment of like, now that I've like really seen myself, I've seen the light, and I am what's important. I am who I need I am what I am doing all of this for and and the same with Eugene I recognize that I matter and that it's okay to be a good person I don't have to be a scoundrel and that I can show up for myself because I'm not afraid of failing because I'm worth it like that song would have been incredible to me and and it gets so close and then they just make it about. to each other and it just pisses me off so much because um when we're fully ourselves within a relationship then the relationship's gonna be great and if they had each like self-realized and then like realized that this other person is still like I'm not opposed to love. I'm not opposed to these people being with each other and and making sacrifices. Like, I'm not opposed to that at all. That can be a beautiful part of their story. We all want that to be a part of our story. But I just wish that that song had been like, oh, I'm a better person because I realize that I get to do all of these things because I matter. And that's going to make our union even better. I just wish they had done that. Just wish they had fucking done that. It would have I, resolved so much
1: of the rest of the movie for me. I feel like I Hollywood in general. Yes, a hundred percent. I feel like Hollywood in general pins romance up as this as this way to empower yourself or see yourself or like be more yourself by choosing this partner that that supports you to get there. And it's like, well, that's kind of crazy, but it also <laughs> you know part of growing up that that you kind of try people on and and see if they make you more yourself more happy or less yourself and like less happy and Mm -hmm. like are the things that are important to this person as i try them are they also important to me because i enjoy them or because this person has fancy hair and a nice butt um (laughs) that's just my favorite line tonight guys But I I think like it's it's I think it is sad because I think you're hundred percent right, um, Brooke. But I also think that in Hollywood and too often in a lot of our other YA like fiction, people yeah. use other people as the lenses by which they like they express their freedom or express their, you know, themselves.
3: Andy, I'm sorry I tried you on.
4: <laughs> uh, I
2: am a better person for you having having done that. You can try me on anytime. Um, that's a general statement. Anyone listening, try me on anytime. Maybe.
4: <laughs> just
2: DM also, me. Let me know.
4: Like, I'm
3: just gonna throw this out here. Why didn't we learn from the Philadelphia story?
2: Oh. Uh... Well, because I'm, she
3: tried herself on and she found herself, and then she was able to be with the partner that she tried out. Like, when was, know, that, was, movie? Like, when was that movie? When was it made?
1: Yeah,
3: was it 42? Andy,
2: F- oh, I can't remember uh, if it was 40s or 50s. Uh, uh, I,
3: thought,
2: I thought it was 50s, but it might be 40s,
1: 1940. Okay, it was 40. I'm- I would argue the reason we didn't learn from Philadelphia story is because of the post-World War II, Rosie get back in the kitchen pop culture, like Leave It to Beaver, that mm. redefined how a woman's role should be at home and should be more accommodating, should be for her family. And I, and I, it's like, it's one of those things where it's the should that bothers me. like. Yeah. If you have the ability to have a stay-at-home parent, I think that is wonderful for your kids. I think it is really lovely for, you know, for their development and for your heart to be able to have that. But I think that the 50s is like, hey, we have this booming economy, but we don't have enough jobs for women to be a strong part of the workforce. So why don't we disempower them in the pop culture? And, Which is, I think, you know, one of the reasons I dislike things like Snow White and Cinderella, because it was part of that. And so we didn't learn from great movies like The Philadelphia Story, because they didn't get shown until, what, the 90s on Turner Classic Movies? Like, we just weren't aware of them. And, like, I think the only thing that got really shown from the Jimmy Stewart, you know, high era was It's a Wonderful Life. Until yeah. he And then it was like, oh, I saw this movie and it became a cult hit. Um,
2: no. Yeah.
3: I would just like to credit Kit
1: for being
2: the
3: first human who has made me have like a visceral reaction to this and disliking Snow White. So well done.
2: Wow. Congratulations, <laughs> Kit. That's a wow.
3: Oh, I mean, I still like it, but also
1: fuck. That's
2: okay. Yeah.
3: I like this it movie, did. but
1: I can acknowledge it's problematic. Yeah, yeah. So we we are allowed to like what we like and simultaneously simultaneously be triggered by what we are triggered by. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: just for the record, the Philadelphia story is really fucking problematic. So
2: okay, <laughs> it's been yeah. go, li- go listen. That episode of our podcast is one of my favorites. That that was really fun. That's like yeah. It was. yeah. So good times okay um do we want to talk about any of the other songs uh outs- outside of best song or do we want to
3: it's really beautiful music throughout the whole thing
2: yeah they did a great job on this yeah uh, it's more alan menken so it's like it's it's good it's really serviceable i mean same guy who did you know um beauty and the beast and uh, and Aladdin, so you know you're, you're not going wrong. The songs are all serviceable; they're all they're all really good. I don't think any of them stands out as a classic, um, unfortunately, but I think they're I think they're all good.
3: Isn't that sad with Mandy Moore in it? It's really sad.
2: It really is. I, oh, I love her so much.
1: Oh. I would I would argue that When Will My Life Begin did kind of breakaway pop hit but because I did it? Don't
2: think it held up did, did, did when will my life again like did that break through I I do not remember I mean I was also not really listening to the radio in 2010 so I don't know Um, is that is did it did it break through I'll, I'll believe you
1: I just remember listening to it a lot but I am not a good like person to know what was on top 40 radio Oh okay. because i, I was th- i think i had just gotten an mp3 player that you put together for me and so i didn't have oh, yeah. the collection that you created
2: mm. yeah uh, i mean it it wasn't a, a uh we don't talk about bruno where it it went to the number one on the on the charts or let it go but it um, we
3: don't talk about bruno go number one on the charts
2: it is the longest running number one disney song ever yeah it deep throw let it go yeah um five different Encanto songs were in the top 20 at once
3: well um, done well
2: yeah. done yeah uh, so, yeah mm-hmm.
4: yeah
2: well that's that's what happens when you have really really great songs. I mean, but, and and that's the thing. It's like there's no there's no breakout here. I feel like you know, when when we get to Moana, um I I mean, well the song that this lost to at the Academy Awards was uh one of the Randy Newman songs from Toy Story 3, which I also don't think is that great. But um, I don't know, maybe when we get to our Toy Story thing, I'll eat my words, but I don't remember liking we belong together that much. So, um Was that yeah. the
1: one by Sarah that Sarah McLaughlin saying that makes you want to like cry your mm, eyes out?
2: No, that that's the one from Toy Story 2. And that, that that's okay. <laughs> we <laughs> okay, we had sorry. we had a moment in our group chat earlier this week where um <laughs>
3: I made a horrible suggestion and that,
2: that that's when that's when I might
3: be did related. get it. yeah I'm sorry I, I can honestly say I haven't seen Toy Story 2
2: so was oh, really cute um but yeah that's the that's the song that makes me that makes me weep openly for Lost Love is the is When She Loved Me the Sarah McLachlan song from Toy Story 2 yeah it's um, like the
1: saddest Sarah McLaughlin song since the ASPCA commercial
2: yeah, no, seriously, it it really is. It really is. It's like In the Arms of the Angel or Jesse the Cowgirl, same, same level. But, like, the Randy Newman song from Toy Story 3 is like, it's like You Got a Friend in Me Part 2, basically. It's like, Randy Newman singing about Buzz and Woody. And I was like, I don't yeah, know, like, it didn't, but they're like, let's give the Oscar to Randy, I guess, because... Yeah, whatever. But but this but this didn't deserve an Oscar either, even no. though like it was really nice at the Oscars. Like Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi came out and like performed it live and did a great job. And oh my gosh, I love Mandy Moore so much. But like, um, have I said that enough on this podcast yet? Like,
3: do, you, do you like Mandy Moore?
2: I do. <laughs> um. Don't, don't look at my MP3 player and see how many times I've listened to Candy by Mandy Moore. It will be in the hundreds. I'm so addicted to the and that you're giving to me. Anyway.
1: I would, I would also just like to give Mandy Moore a shout-out to the IPs that she has helped bring into the world. Like, Zoe's Infinite Playlist... Well, is is like ugly crying, but also joy at the Mm. same time. And like, I love her on This Is Thus. So like talking about Alzheimer's. Yeah, I just, I, her new, her current day career is on par with, I think, the the beauty put into the world by Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
2: Who knew? Like, who knew in 1999, it's like the girl who is like distant fifth in like there's there's britney and christina at like the top of the heap of girl groups and then there's like jessica simpson and then there's like a bunch of other people and then fourth or fifth you got mandy moore but then she starts hosting mtv beach house and a star is born and she manages to like I, I, I mean, I, I, I was not obsessed with Mandy Moore in 1999 at all, and I did not like.
1: No, that, those are your, your, your watch, Spice Girls days. I, yeah. I mean,
2: Ma- Mandy Moore is so much better than the Spice Girls. Like, I mean, I yeah, respect to the Spice Girls,
4: but support is mm. mm.
2: I mean, well, I all, think the, that was all the also
1: Spice. Also, a product of Andy being in Russia and just telling us. It's everywhere. The Spice Girls are everywhere. They've reached- <laughs> yeah. So inescapability yeah. does have uh, have a power of making you like something sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, but but Mandy Moore, Mandy, Mandy Moore, Moore, great so and and so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
4: uh,
2: but uh, yeah, Mandy Moore, great. Rapunzel great wish this movie would have been about her um,
4: yeah.
2: yeah yeah okay is that is yeah. that sum it up yeah yeah okay um this movie this movie came out on um, oops, sorry this movie came out November 24th 2010 Thanksgiving weekend we talked about before about how this is where Disney is like into owning Thanksgiving um so this came out uh it it made 200 million dollars which is almost double um what Princess and the Frog made uh and about 70 million more than what Enchanted made um so this movie did really well um Adjusted for inflation, that's another 32 million on top of that, 232.9, uh, and then internationally it also cleaned up for an additional 384.75 million. So this movie made over half a billion dollars, um, and that's before all the merchandising. And there was a lot of merchandising for this movie. So Tangled really cleaned up. Um, here's my question. Where was the frying pan accessory? Like, why could I not buy a nice, like cast iron Dutch oven frying pan? Um, with, I with... reject
3: this question, we do not need to teach
1: physical abuse. <laughs> no. no, no. I think at that time, the Disney store was not carrying home accessories. To the extent it is now like i got a bba trivet at disneyland that is delightful to me wow and there's like a whole home store in downtown disney but i think that they're like oh well i guess you could get a frying pan pretty much anywhere but i i mean i think that 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 is a missed opportunity because it's like a really good cast iron skillet with the <laughs> lead- <laughs> Rest of Corona
2: in it. No, yeah. I yeah. And you could be like, you can make pancakes with uh, the, that look like the, that look like the flower and yeah. everybody will love it. We'll love it. Yeah. Good. I, I, if, if Bob, if Bob Iger had been CEO at the time, he probably would have made it happen. That guy knew how to merchandise the shit out of things. Uh. Anyway. Um, Wait, was Bob Iger CEO already? I don't think he was. This was in that weird transitory period before Iger took over. I think. Anyway, uh, studio notes: How would we change this movie? We've nibbled around this a lot more, a lot, but like, I think the key is make the movie about Rapunzel. You idiots. Um, de-emphasize Flynn Rider. Do not make him the first person you hear in this movie he's not the framing mechanism he's not the narrator um yeah that's so
3: I'm gonna say like I understand that they had to change I I understand why they went off plot from the original story Someone and I know that goes against everything I said at the beginning I mm-hmm. get it a little bit um entertainment wise I think like I, I like the play with with light and how they were illustrating and the different things like I appreciate the lanterns coming into play and and that exploration I think you just hit on some some pretty big things for me is is don't have him start the narration um have her have her own voice and be the star change the name it doesn't have to be rapunzel it doesn't have to be a princess story but don't make it tangled insinuating that she's a mess right from the beginning yeah and either tone down the gaslighting and abuse from the mom or use that last song for her to illustrate that she sees what's wrong around her and that she's choosing herself and going to step into the power of that, into reclaiming her life and her story and where she's going.
2: Yes. Yeah. Kit. What she said.
1: I, I yeah, I feel like I've I've already kind of said what I what I felt, and I mm-hmm. I percent agree with brooke i think if it had been more more focused on her growth it would have been it would have held up so much better and been a movie that you wouldn't feel cringy about showing your kids in 2022.
3: and i think that we've shown i think that we've shown as a society that we can have stories be about personal growth and I understand where we were at that time, but like, they could have made some changes here that would have gone a long, long ways.
1: And I think Disney is one of the the studios that has the power to make these radical changes, and people mm-hmm. will still show up. Like,
3: and they won't criticize them as much. It's like it's like they pull this this sheet over everyone's eyes, and it's like, oh. I guess we can accept this. Not entirely. They still have to be tricky about it, but they could kind have of done more. Well. Sorry, I didn't mean to keep talking.
1: Oh. oh. Okay. I didn't mean to talk over Kit if that's how that just went. Oh, no, I, felt I like did, not, did not feel that way. I felt like we were okay. having a productive conversation. So, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Especially when I start my statement with what Brooke said. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of my studio notes are just what Brooke said. I mean, there's there's a lot. I this, uh, but I, I think we've we've talked a lot about this. Okay, uh, best one-liners or quotes. I think the script was a little weak. I don't think this was a very quippy script. So I don't know. I think, Sorry, kid. Zachary uh,
1: Levi got most of them. Like, he the did. One, like, you broke my smolder. I mean, and he has great comic timing, so I wasn't really mad at it. But mm-hmm. I also really liked where they said, Go, live your dream. I will. No, not you. Your, your dream stinks. Time. I was talking to her. <laughs> That's, that
2: was my favorite. That's the okay. one I pulled. Your dream that, stinks. Uh, I was talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite line. That
1: was a great one.
2: Brooke, did you have any?
3: Uh No, those were my favorites. Like, he does have some pretty, and I, I like the conversations that she has with Pascal herself. So
1: no much.
2: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All of the all of the lines that Pascal and Maximus should have had. Those. Right. We would have made them fully, fully female characters and given them lines. Those ones, those were the best ones
4: Yeah
2: Yeah Okay Um, Best side character I already said mine Maximus, who is a lady horse
3: Pascal Yeah I think I'm gonna go with Maximus Yay You You really swayed me towards Maximus well, and and she comes and saves the day, like shows up for him and
2: right. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if Maximus is a lady horse, like there's that's the that's the best. Yeah. Uh the Brienne of Tarth of this movie. Okay. Um Best Song.
1: I've Got a Dream.
4: Yeah.
2: That's my favorite song too. And it, it's so sad because it's the uh it's the most boy song of the movie and it's mm-hmm. the best one but it's
3: yeah. I mean they do
1: boys well.
2: They do. It's and it's a lot of fun <laughs> and it's it's really too bad that that's the best song. But... but I
1: also would like to point out that it's one of the first time that boys are vulnerable on screen in Disney. That is true. Uh, That's they're true. Not to save the day. They they knit. They sew. They collect ceramic unicorns and have dreams of like becoming a concert pianist. And so like all the things that she does in her in her tower because of her isolation and growing her talents, like they wish they could do, but they're so busy living their. I'm just gonna say life that yeah. um, that they don't feel like they're able to until someone comes in and is like, Hey, you know what you don't have to do, you don't have to do thug life like this. You could do thug life with a bakery. It's okay. And still be manly. And I, I like that aspect of that song. And so, yes, it is all about boys in a movie that's supposed to be about girls. But I do think that that was a great thing for young men to be able to see.
2: I hope so. Yeah. I hope they learned from it. Yeah. Okay, is this a good movie?
1: Fourth time, yes. Brooke doesn't look great, but fourth time it was awesome. Uh,
3: I recognize that there are things about it that were good.
4: That's okay. You don't have
2: to. Yeah. No, you don't have to love it. No is a fine I don't answer.
3: Think it's a good movie. I think it's horrible, and I wish, I wish they had done the right thing. Yeah, because the points that you made, Kit, especially about like going out into the world and being susceptible and finding yourself, and like those are things the the boy being vulnerable. These are there are so many things in this movie that should be shown, but it I. I'm so grateful I didn't watch it with my kid, and I don't plan to until she's older.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: can I go back so. to note really quick? Of course. Like, and I again, it's problematic. It's not perfect. I think the the dynamics with her parents aside, like you, I see a lot of the things I wish I could have seen entangled in, in the Tangled Ever After series. And so I wish that they had spent the animation budget to make it beautiful rather than everybody looks sunburned. Um, Just everybody in that movie looks like they're gonna get skin cancer. Sorry, so uh, everybody in that show looks like they're gonna get skin cancer. Uh, but, uh, But it's like, I wish that that had come out sooner. That didn't come out until I wanna say 2019. And so it took almost a decade for them to be like, hey, this story is problematic. Why don't we give Rapunzel a little bit more to, so you can really see her and she can really see herself. And there is a female sidekick in Cassandra who kind of encourages her to be her own self. And her mom is like, hey, I was kind of rebellious and you know, into exploring when I was a kid. That's where you get it. Um, and here's my journal. So you can read all about my shenanigans. And here's your journal that you can fill up with your own shenanigans. And like, I, I wish that they had had that kind of writing in this movie. So yes, I love it because of what it led to, but I also agree with Brooke that it is highly problematic.
2: Yeah, this is so hard. This is like the most knife's edge movie that I think we've ever done. So on the one hand, Mandy Moore, Rapunzel in and of herself, great animation, Pascal, Maximus, great. On the other hand, abuse. <laughs> um, and having it be way too much about boys, it, it's, it's so hard because that stuff is so damaging it on the one hand if you can ignore it then this movie is a good movie but it is so hard to ignore and the movie makes it so hard to ignore i'm gonna go with just the bare the barely squeaking to yes it is it is barely barely a good movie but the hair's breadth um, ah, uh, hair <laughs> uh, tangled. Um, okay, is the main character, and by which I will say the main character here, I am saying Rapunzel, even though the main character of this movie is arguably Flynn Rider. Is Rapunzel a good character? Yes. Yes, she's yes. wonderful. Yes. Manic pixie dream girl stuff aside. She's still a good person. I love her. Um, Should we show this to children? Brooke, you already said no. You're not going to show this to your kids until later.
3: Not until she's old enough to comprehend. Especially, you know... And this didn't even come into play with my original feelings of why I hated it so much. But with what she has witnessed me just live through and come out of... There's no way I'm going to expose this to her until she can comprehend and has processed her own experiences and can um, objectively see things better and see her standing up for herself and and see those parts of it, right? Like, until she can see what Kit saw, I don't want her to see this movie.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think, like, being able to ask her questions, like, just... Mm -hmm. described you know her in the back of the car talking to her friend about their pronouns and like how badass that is like when you can have that kind of cogent conversation about like how did this make you feel when the mom was so abusive or did you like what do you think about what the mom was saying to her Like, is there anybody in your life that treats you like that do you know that that's abuse um, yeah. because I felt like it was very pointedly, like big red signs and flashing bulbs. This is abuse. Um, but I, the fact that you guys didn't feel that way, I'm like, oh wow. I didn't, I, it never occurred to me that people wouldn't see it the same way I saw it. Sorry. Um, but yeah. I think when you can have well, a conversation about, about that, that's when you like a lot of these these uh movies become interesting (laughs) but not not great
3: yeah and and to be fair i think i'm close i think she's almost at the age at which we can do that right like my kid she's so wise beyond her years and and has experienced this and i believe We'll be able to have this conversation soon, especially, you know, with the therapist that she has and all these things. I don't think I'm far from it. But I would say that for for most kids watching it, I think 12 and up is is appropriate. I wouldn't show it to younger kids.
2: I just
4: just wouldn't.
1: Especially now.
2: um... Yeah. Uh, Speak of the devil jb flinders welcome Uh, but i'm reminded of last week when you said it's not should we show this to children did we show this to children i did um and my eldest watched this quite a bit when they were very young and i remember having those conversations uh, and i'm like hey just so you know mother gothel is treating rapunzel very poorly and when adults talk to you like that that is wrong yeah. and you need to know that and you shouldn't let anybody say mean things to you like that so um yeah. you know uh, we we had that discussion i don't know if uh i don't know maybe i need to talk to them about manic pixie dream girl tropes but eh they're 17. they've, they've figured it out by this point right, right.
3: well and you know enabling kids to be able to see it from a young age it's not bad either it's not bad either
0: yeah and 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 again i think you know we're talking about very proactive parenting usually in this group right i mean the hard thing is that so many parents are going to stick their kids in front of this movie and they're going to miss all of that right and that's
4: a conversation
0: about yeah you know when andy when you and brooke talked about this um you know, and, and it, it is, it's one of those things where you have to have those conversations because the dude, the, a movie like this, kids are just going to watch it and go, Oh, well, that was fun. And then all that stuff's going to get buried in their subconscious. And um, here we go again, right? So kudos to, to all of you for having the conversations with um, the young ones. Um, I, and I'm with you, Andy. I think, you know, the 14-year-old here is like, oh man, if anyone talks to me like that, you know, I'll backhand them. I'm like,
4: okay. Give <laughs> 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 <Get> me <my laughs> a frying pan.
0: Yeah, I mean, enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need a chameleon to help me. <laughs> you involved. But, but no, I mean, that's, it is. It's a, it's a testament to the good work that you all do um, to keep the conversation going because they do. they it, It's really lazy. Um, and, and this one, I know, Brooke, in particular, as you've mentioned, it's, I think this one continues those same lazy tropes, and I, I wish they hadn't.
2: Yeah, uh, Flinders, you're you're late, but not least. Um, do you have any studio notes, favorite lines, favorite side characters, favorite songs, etc.? Give us give us all your your best stuff. What do you? The, the floor is yours.
0: Um, I would say my favorite quote is: "Let's just assume everyone in here doesn't like me, because we
2: don't."
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, again. Yeah. Let's, Like, you just, you you should have been the secondary character and that kind of thing. Um, Oh, my favorite song. I I have to be honest, none of the songs are really that memorable to me. Um, Even with Mandy Moore singing them. Um, But I guess maybe Mother Knows Best. Um, Yeah. I I mean, again, I I like the Grace Potter song a lot, but I I mean, in the movie, yeah, uh, Mother Knows Best might be... Just one of the more entertaining ones. I, I, I like how they animated it. You know how she, how they move in the scene. Um, I mean, there's so many. St- I'm sure you covered most of the studio notes, but um, again, I, I think there's you, you got to make this movie about the character it's supposed to be about, right? Um, yeah. And and it's not a fairy tale that I like that much anyway, um, but. I, again, I, I think those are my favorites. And, and again, I don't I don't know that kids, I mean, when your kids watch this now, did they get into it? Like, um, I don't know. I don't know that the kids here would really, like this would be one of the lower ones I think they'd watch just because it's not, you know, it kind of gets lost in the Frozen. Like, um, we'd rather watch the normal. I mean, was, were they still into it? Because I don't, it was just very unmemorable.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel
3: like that's a really fair point, JB, that makes this movie even creepier to me. Is that it seems like this movie is sort of targeted to young boys. Yeah. Yeah. Young young boys would really like that. And that's so fucking problematic. Yeah. Because young boys are learning that this is how they're supposed to act and how women should be talked to by their mothers and they should respond like that. Makes this even creepier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. It is. it's, it's a whole I, I mean again what are it, we regress we, we go forward and then we go back with movies like this and you know andy i'm sure you you talked about the whole story of um how the flynn rider character was so important to the merch and the marketing and uh, yeah it, it's just such a tool tool bag of a character um and i hate that that was probably what everybody. Was so excited to see. Like, oh, good, Glenn Ryder, We can't wait. But, um, Kit, I don't know if you remember when when we went to Duet, um, in Grossmont. You remember that? <laughs> movie?
1: We went to what?
0: When we went and saw Duet with Amy in Grossmont Center. Oh, Do you wow! That?
1: I remember you being really excited about that movie.
0: And, <laughs> and the best part was about. Five minutes into it, Davey immediately regretted going to this movie and started to take the seat in front of him apart with a credit card. He started to unscrew the seat because he was going to throw the seat through the screen. because <laughs> he, he hated the movie so bad. And, and he got about it,
4: Yeah. And, and again, I mean, it had Huey Lewis. So I,
0: was, I was in and, and Kit was there and we were having a good time because we went to all the girls stuff. But I was thinking about that like this is one of those movies that about 10 15 minutes in i'm like you know i could probably try to take out the seat in front of this, um just just out of sheer just boredom and disgust with some of the parts of this movie but anyway shout out to the kid and davy and the good times when davy would try to use a credit card to unscrew um, a theater seat and throw it <laughs> through <its screen. laughs> but um anyway yeah good times but i yeah i just I don't, you know andy i just i look back at this film and i go um uh, you could really skip this in the pantheon um yeah i don't know i don't know what you get for it honestly so yeah maybe this. the studio note is we just go right into frozen. Yeah,
2: i mean you get mandy moore and that's about it um, yeah, that's yeah. fair <laughs> for mandy moore completionists and i am one
4: <laughs> well done <laughs> <laughs>
2: We we already yeah. talked about my obsession with Mandy Moore. Studio uh, note: Mandy Moore would have been better in duets with Huey uh, Lewis <laughs> than Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Be fair, so would it Zachary. Levi. <laughs>
2: Studio note: Duets with Zachary Levi and Mandy Moore. Dude. <laughs> and, and if you want American. it, you got it forever.
0: Well, I remember, kid, we we Jack Davy there because Paul Giamatti was in it. He's like, well, I like Paul Giamatti. We're
1: like, okay, sucker. I want to say, Davey loved Gwyneth Paltrow with a passion of a thousand suns. Maybe that was it. Expectations. Okay. You know, fair. I loved Gwyneth Paltrow with a passion of a thousand suns because of Great Expectations, and therefore sat through duets.
2: Um, You you were all blinded by.
1: (laughs) It was, uh, oh, yeah, because
0: I thought I thought it was the Paul Giamatti after. Oh, what what was the movie about the, the, the winery?
2: Oh, uh, sideways.
0: Yeah, I thought I'm I thought, not
2: drinking fucking merlot. <laughs> yeah, you
3: yeah. we were all blinded by goop.
0: Oh, oh
2: I've never know. been blinded by goop. I I knew exactly <laughs> what Gwyneth Paltrow was for many many years. This was I well,
0: still love well, this was I love well before Sideways, so I guess it was his his role in uh, Truman Show, or perhaps Big Mama's House. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was this before Sideways? Yeah, this is oh, two thousand.
0: This is right after Man on the Moon, and
3: yeah, but after Sliding Doors.
0: Oh, I'm only looking at Giamatti. Hang on.
2: Oh, um, oh, man. oh! I'm I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Why was I thinking duets came out in like 2009, 2010, the same time as this movie? Never mind. Yes, duets came out in like 2000, 2001, right? Okay, Okay. never
0: mind. This was Talented Mr. Ripley, Shakespeare in Love, Perfect Murder. Yes, Sliding Doors, 98, duets, 2000.
2: Okay. I'm... (laughs) Okay. We went on, I would have never oh, expected arm. us to go on a duet <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> tangent on I always I
0: always try to bring a good story of a kid in my time in San Diego. That was the one I was thinking of. Like,
4: <laughs> I think Gators
0: probably would have tried to unscrew a seat for Tangled. Um
2: Probably, yeah. Um, Can I
3: add a studio note?
2: Of course. Yeah.
3: This studio, this movie should not have been targeted to young boys. It should have been targeted to teenage girls who needed to learn from her story. Kit, thank you for giving me something to appreciate about this
1: movie. That's what they should have done. Can I, yeah. can I have a studio note on merch?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So the the frying pan that I know you hate. I know you hate it and I <laughs> me the frying pan was very like oh yeah I carried that like I had a uh, I had pepper spray on like my keychain and my backpack mm-hmm. until I was almost 30 and like I started have. places where you weren't allowed to have pepper spray in the in the clinic so I just kind of took it off and it was sat in a box till I threw it away but it's like I remember all the discussions with like both my mothers being concerned about like riding public transit and going to school in San Diego. And like, you know, so I was like, I kinda get her taking a frying pan because it's like it's just to go alone. Here, take this. Um
0: the Zelda pan. So so if we're (laughs) going to
1: have merch, I would like a frying pan pepper spray or like um
0: (laughs) I found the frying pan at Walmart and I put it in the chat but I have not yet found the frying pan with pepper spray. i will keep looking. Maybe Etsy.
2: Oh wow. Well, so that's a toy. No, I want like a fu- Or oh, wait, no. Yeah, oh, okay, no. That
0: No, oh, pepper spray
1: uh, is a weapon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the most hilarious Walmart toy I've seen in that they actually created and it's got the it's got Pascal on it, right? Oh. Yeah. Perfect cool. smacking
2: and it makes a sound. Ooh. <laughs> what, what
4: would the sound be?
2: <laughs> the sound would be uh, better get uh, better get a cat scan cuz this is going to cause uh,
4: <laughs> yeah, man, oh, you have insurance. The voice trauma
2: that Flynn Rider goes through.
1: Face this or they will get concussions.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, here we go. Press button on handle to hear clanking and sizzling sounds.
2: <laughs> Neither of those than, is good.
0: Yeah, I guess that's better than like thanks, Obama, or whatever you would expect it to say. <laughs> you get, you get,
2: uh, you get Will Smith showing up here, uh, telling Rapunzel, you got to tell them the truth <laughs> about the blunt force trauma she's causing the people. <laughs>
0: yeah, <that's-> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the series of concussions you- she's giving to everyone for their amusement. It's not okay.
0: The NFL thought. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But I I do think also there was this manic pixie dream girl thing cuz I remember hitting JB and Davey repeatedly in the arm so much they were like this is not okay. And I go you know that to my boss. pop culture the early 2000s like that was just a thing that I yep. thought was well, Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, thought I did that to my boss physical. so much
3: that he started telling his wife that he ran into the doorknob at work. Because he had a bruise on his arm, and she was like, where'd you get that bruise? And he lied to cover up how abusive I was to him. That's not okay. I,
2: I blame Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. And her get-out pushing people. I never she, watched Seinfeld. She, norm, she normalized abuse. Uh, no, I'm just kidding.
0: It is... Uh... <laughs> I, I, I can find us one for 19 bucks on eBay <laughs> you can get all of the, the I can get one for each of you and you can continue the circle of pan violence
2: no Did I, <laughs> I, don't
1: yeah, I apologize for for all the violence so I, I'm very sorry about that by the way no, what
2: what I what I want is I want an actual functional cast iron skillet that is... They have at IMA. Yeah. yeah. So, I somebody mean, somebody
0: painted I, one in, in Etsy. Somebody painted it inside a real frying pan.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that there's something like that. But then, and you yeah. can't
1: fry with
0: it.
2: Or but then you, you can't, can't fry it with one. it. Yeah,
0: yeah. They had the actual ornament in 2013 of her banging people with a pan. Oh, Walmart wow. keepsake
2: Rapunzel with
0: frying pan, and it's her just raising up to whale on somebody. How interesting.
2: She bangs. She bangs. Oh, <laughs> that was, that hey, was not was, Mandy Moore.
0: Was, was there a game called Disney Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom? Andy, was there like a card game called that?
2: I don't remember that, but there might have been. There was all sorts of weird Disney video games in like the early 2000s, or in the 2010s specifically.
0: Okay, because there is a card... I just put it in the chat, called Flynn Rider's Flying Frying Pan. You get a plus one to attack and a plus four to shield. It's a warrior spell. You might get a massive bruise when pandemonium ensues.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, wow.
4: And apparently,
0: this is, apparently, this is the thing, because they've got Doris's bowler hat attack. They've got Nikki's broomstick. You've got Maximus's horseshoes. East oh yeah, blade. I don't remember this, but this is hilarious.
2: This is this is cool. They're like they're like Magic the Gathering cards, but themed for Disney, and they were obviously going after like the Magic the Gathering crowd uh, and like the pin collectors for, yeah. like here's a here's another thing that you can that you can get. Yeah, I'm seeing other things like there's like. Eve's laser blast sorcerers of the magic kingdom, and it's like, <laughs> and it's Eva from uh, from Wally. There's King oh. Triton.
0: There's King Triton's trident, not his nipples, which is super <laughs> unfortunate. That's, well, that's <laughs> not helpful. I got
3: lightning shoots out of those nipples like a mushroom.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: there you Only go. when
1: you grab them the wrong way.
4: Oh, <laughs> <it's> very.
0: <interesting. laughs> It's plus two to Charming Attack is definitely Nibble-based. I'm going <laughs> to You know he's
3: just some S&M.
0: You know it. <laughs> Monstro's Damn. Water Spout, Cinderella's Magic Ribbon, The Giant's Giant Stomp, Mushu's... The Giant's...
3: Giant what?
0: Giant Stomp. Oh.
3: not okay. <laughs> <laughs> sounded I'm like a said schlong.
2: Easy, bro. <laughs> this yeah. is still Disney we're talking about. But. But I
3: mean, I've seen those Little Mermaid covers.
0: There's all kinds of stomping in here. They've got Colonel Hoppie's righteous stomp. They've
2: got nice.
0: Robin, Robin Hood has a magic arrow. Apparently, I'm going to find a I'm going to find a deck of these somewhere. This would be
2: fun. <laughs> D- JB, who says previously sent me large boxes of desert storm trading cards. <laughs> you are definitely going to find some of these and they will end up on my doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: will only expect one morning to walk out and step on a melted cone. So that, well I still
0: gotta get you your Candyman action figures. Oh, yeah. um, oh it's Rapunzel's hair whip plus five to attack.
2: I whip my hair back and forth, I whip my, oh wait.
0: What is the horrible caption? This is how a girl expresses her emotions through her tresses.
2: Oh, wow. No. Honey, no. God,
3: I fucking hate it.
2: That's awful, no. Oh, Someone, Someone got paid to write that. That was someone's job to come up with that caption, and that's what they wrote
1: and it was the best they could come up with that was the
2: best that they could come up with oh that's which
1: is which is not to say that it's not cool to express yourself through your hair if you want to express yourself through your hair it's super fun all the time yeah
2: express yourself but
1: it's just not the only thing that we do with our hair i think
2: yeah
0: oh hair! let's see what
2: tritons it's, okay. Okay. No. 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 We'll. We can do this later. <laughs> like. We're gonna get
0: to my kid, Jamie.
2: Yeah. Well. Okay. We'll. We'll put a. We'll put a bow on this, but we can. We can come back to this maybe on next week's episode, where we're gonna talk about Brave, and more Disney cashing in on more merchandise, and I'm sure that we can find, a bunch of Merida trading cards and stuff as well. So. So that'll be that'll be tons of fun. And then and next week also, Kit, you need to show up with your choice for what your birthday movie is Woo-hoo! going to be. Yay!
1: Yay that'll be paralysis is killing me. I have a list of like 15 movies that I, are, do too. I need someone to talk about with them and help me rank them and to decide. I don't maybe know.
0: Put them in the IM and we'll more than happy
1: to to give you our opinions. Yeah. This yeah. is the one we're most willing to watch.
0: No, I
2: we're mean
1: all about we,
0: usually, we usually try to challenge ourselves, so you'll be surprised what you might
2: get back Yeah, the wackier the better. So like you should see some of I I have a really off the wall one, but it's three hours long and I don't know if everybody's ready for that. I am um, I'm ready. so So, uh great anyway yeah um we'll come next week and we'll and we'll have your birthday one all figured out by then uh and until then we'll uh we'll see y'all next time have a have a great week everybody If
0: one sharp we'll leave you four Three will poke you even
2: more <laughs> I wanna be with you if only for tonight be the one who's in your arms to hold you tight
4: that was hot I'm gonna fire awesome. it's <laughs> a fun day to throw back your head and kiss it oh goodbye Thank you, that will be all.
1: God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all of that goodbye.
0: This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find
4: more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.